This is Issues 2020. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Sedgwick County Health Director Adrian Byrne. Welcome to Issues 2020. You Good morning, have, and thank you. Have you appeared on this program just a month ago to talk about the pandemic, and I, I thought we might bring you back for any new information that might be available. So thanks for being with us this morning. First of all, I want, I want to ask you a question about uh, Dr. Gerald Nims and his yeah. role in dealing with the outbreak. Just exactly who is this guy and what's his role? Well, Dr. Mins is the uh, dean of KU School of Medicine, and he is our health officer. He is uh, an infectious disease doctor. And uh, prior to COVID-19, we would have uh, weekly meetings with him just to look at what was going on in our epidemiology program, what we were seeing in the community as far as infectious diseases. And then he uh, would also come over to our TB clinic and and staff uh, TB cases. So, So, uh, so, you know, Dr. Menz has been part of our, our everyday life for a while, or at least weekly. Now it's it can be two, three times a day. So he, he is very involved. And so he kind of oversees. He's not one that's involved with any investigations. Like I've seen uh, written in articles, Dr. Mintz does not do that. Uh, he's just our health officer and is involved in overseeing what we do. Have you known him long? Yes. Dr. Mintz has been our health officer for a number of years, maybe eight okay. or so. And he's right next door, so it's very helpful because he's very accessible. Are we lucky to have this man? Is he? He seems like we he's pretty are, good. <laughs> oh, we are. We are extremely fortunate to have Doctor Mintz. He he's a gentle soul. You know, he's going to uh, let people know what his opinion is and what his recommendations are. He's not going to fight about it, but he's going to let people know uh, what, in regards to infectious diseases, the direction that we need to go. So he's been giving us good information then. Yes. Well, he, you know, he, he's the first to say that there's no real specialist with or expert with COVID-19 because it's only been in the United States since 2020. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're all learning, and it, mm. it's still a moving target. I mean, just uh, last week, the Center for Disease Control changed the guidelines where Instead of staying home seven days from onset of COVID-19 symptoms, it's now 10 days from onset because they're just learning that people um, remain with symptoms longer and more contagious. Mm. So, you know, there's still a lot that we're learning about COVID-19. Well, you've been working closely with many people in authority, including the Sedgwick County Commission, can you describe the level of cooperation you've seen uh, during this pandemic? Well, you know, and I, I have worked with the city of Wichita um, and, and the council members, and um, uh, everyone's very supportive, and uh, the city wants to be on the same page with, uh, for example, playgrounds. And so they, they've been great partners, and our our commissioners are uh, you know, they were waiting to see what the, the governor's orders were going to be, and so are, are uh, you know, naturally supportive of um, following through with uh, what the governor has put into place. And uh, next Monday could be phase two. Not sure we're quite ready for that. But, um, yes, it, it, it's been a, uh, as much as possible because there's a whole 
lot going on with the community and politics and needing to get back to work. It's a very different time, but I, I think that uh, people are being as uh, supportive as they can be. So exactly uh, what is phase two? What happens well, Yeah. Phase two in the governor's plan. And the, the governor's plan uh, is, is fairly loose in regards to the amount of people, like in, in restaurants, uh, prior to this, when we first started, we had that gathering ban of 10, you know, 50 and then 10. Only 50 could be in a restaurant. Only 50 could be in church. Well, when the governor's plan kicked in a week ago Monday, there can be uh, a group of 10 people, preferably from the same household, but there can be a, a group of 10 people six feet apart. So you can have a whole lot of groups of 10 in a church, in a restaurant, as long as that six feet can be maintained. So okay. the challenge is people you know, honoring that. So phase two moves it to... Uh, moves it to 30 people so that there, there can be groups of 36 feet apart and uh, would open up nail salons and hair salons and, uh, you know, barber shops and masseuses and all those people that are anxious to get back to work because they don't necessarily have any kind of sick leave or uh, insurance is all on their own. Mm-hmm. So that would be uh, the, the biggest change with Phase 2, I think, is going to be the a gathering size expanding from 10 to 30. Looking, looking back, was the county prepared for such an unusual health crisis, as, I guess, as prepared as you could be under the circumstances? I, I'd say, you know, we have been fortunate. We're, we're fortunate at Sedgwick County Health Department because even though we could use more epidemiologists, and, and the county's been great with um, adding those positions during this time for us. We uh, have a group of um, epis that are always looking at what's going on in the country and the state, and we're, we're used to uh, infectious diseases being reported and having to do contact investigations. So that's not new. And so we're, we're fortunate in that way where some of our smaller communities and health departments, they just don't have the staff. They may have a total of five people in their health department where the health department director is also the WIC nurse and is also the immunizations person. So, you know, we, we have been fortunate where we're, we are used to investigating uh, infectious diseases. Now, this was a little bit different and... Um, you know, there, there's no roadmap for COVID-19. So, you know, we're all learning as we, we go, but we know how to do contact investigations. We know how to isolate people. We know how to quarantine people. So those are important components that we are familiar with. Let's do a little background. Um, you know, we, like I said, we talked about a month ago, but tell us basically what the coronavirus is and what COVID-19 is. So, uh, there are seven coronaviruses uh, that humans can get, and uh, COVID-19 is a new coronavirus. So the common cold is uh, a type of coronavirus. So coronaviruses aren't new. They've been around oh, close to 60 years with different ones. I mean, the uh, Middle Eastern uh, Respiratory Syndrome and 
SARS, uh, they are coronaviruses that have been more recent. And so COVID-19 is the newest one that the belief is originated in China. Uh, there was an animal, possibly a bat, and, and you know the way their open market is all types of animals, wild animals, and um, slaughtering and whatnot. That it's believed that it jumped from a, a uh, animal to a person, and then created this novel virus. So it has uh, been in the United States since the very beginning of the year, and uh, never have five, four or five months seemed. Ex- to span over such a long period of time that I think everyone would agree that COVID-19 is a totally different time period. Like, is it Monday? Is it Saturday? I mean, there's just, yeah. you know what I'm mean, talking about. What do, so what are the symptoms to look for? And I know sometimes there are no symptoms, but what are the ones we need to be aware of, you think? Well, in, in the very beginning, it was primarily fever um, of 100.3 or 4 and above, uh, dry cough, um, and difficulty breathing. But, you know, those were the very symptoms in the very beginning when we didn't know very much. And if someone's having difficulty breathing, it, it, it has progressed um, unless someone already has uh, respiratory uh, problems or uh, lung, lung disease. Well, now uh, we know that there can be a loss of taste and smell. Um, there can be diarrhea with some. Uh, so there's a whole lot of other symptoms that we're learning about as this disease is in our communities longer. So if anybody had, you know, is feeling ill at all, they need to call 211 and uh, let 211 know that they're ill and that they'd like to be tested for COVID-19. And there is no out-of-pocket expense to COVID-19. And I'm realizing that where I knew that in the beginning, I didn't do a good job of letting everyone know that there was no cost. And so as of a week and a half or so ago, I was still hearing that people were wondering if there was a cost. So there is no out-of-pocket cost whatsoever. Someone calls 211, they'll screen them and then connect them with our uh, nurse triage line. And we will further screen and then get them set up with an appointment at our drive-thru. You're listening to Issues 2020 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Sedgwick County Health Director Adrian Byrne. Um, describe, if you will, the response and help the county has received from the state. Well, uh, the state uh, gets assets through the federal government when you have a state of emergency as far as masks and tests, uh, testifies. And, you know, we, we all know that all over the country, it's not just Kansas, all over the country, there's been shortages of uh, what people hear, PPE or personal protective equipment with the N95 respirator masks and um, gowns and sampling uh, supplies to be able to then uh, test people. Slowly but surely, yesterday we actually got in a shipment of 5,000 swabs. Never have we gotten that many in at one time. So we are sitting really good in uh, regards to being able to uh, sample people. And yesterday we had 140 people in our drive-thru. Uh, we will be setting up a drive-thru uh, the Saturday before Memorial Day because we're closed on that Monday, and I didn't want to go three days uh, without testing. So we will finally have one on, on a Saturday. But um, this, it's slowly coming in. 
there's not as much of a stockpile as everyone would like, but the first responders um, have a good, you know, two, three, four weeks of supply of masks and everything that they need. But we still we still have someone that's that is managing all of that because uh, when it comes in. Uh, the person still, John Jarvis, is looking at his list and seeing who next on the list is eligible for, you know, these N95s or these surgical masks. So the the, the, the state has um, been giving us um, kits, kits so that we're able to sample and then send those to KDG to be uh, run as well at no charge. Tell us what you know about the work to find an effective treatment COVID-19? I, you know, I, I know that there's work going on to find a treatment. Uh, the focus uh, has been just as much on uh, a, a vaccine. And I know when it first came to the states in January, the, the um, discussion was that it would be 12 to 18 months. I haven't heard anything other than that, so that would get us next, next summer. I know there's a, a push to get one out sooner. Um, rather than later, but it's also important that we don't cut too many corners off the, you know, FDA, um, the FDA approval process change. I, I know they're they're also working on an antiviral, and um, have have given some antivirals. So, like the flu has an antiviral. So if people get the flu, they can go to the doctor and they'll and they'll prescribe them something like Tamiflu. And that reduces the length and severity of the illness. So they, they are coming up with antivirals for and testing more for COVID-19. Why does it take so long to bring vaccines online, Adrian? Well, there's a lot of um, tests that, that have to be gone through to make sure that it's safe. And so the Federal Drug Administration... They have just a lot of rounds of processes to um, go through before it can, you know, they have all these trials, drug trials that they need to go through before they get to the place where they feel that it's safe for humans. Many who are listening uh, to this have spent weeks at home in, in this shutdown. What, in, what encouragement can you offer them? Well, we... You know, we are fortunate, thank God, that we're not in, like New York. I can't even imagine being in a state like that. Uh, COVID-19 is still in our community. Uh, we have really um, excellent physicians here, and uh, not everyone has been taking this seriously or abiding by the social distancing and masks, but I know a lot of other people have, and I think that, that's, made it, that's made a difference. And so it is okay for, for people to venture out a little bit. Those that have chronic conditions or, or pre-existing uh, compromised immune systems, it's really important for them to still be very, very careful. Um, but cloth masks, you know, in, in the beginning it was believed that really don't wear any kind of a surgical mask unless you're ill because that keeps people from getting ill from you. Well, it's shown that those surgical masks and more the cloth masks that so many people are making, that, that that can provide a little bit of protection, not only from our own germs getting out, but protection from something getting in. So it's okay to go out a little bit, but wear a mask 
and just be careful with, with the six feet uh, distancing. And one of the most important things is keep the fingers away from the eyes, nose, and mouth. But we, you know, we are slowly but surely uh, starting to loosen things up. We just still have to be very careful. Many have rediscovered the outdoors <laughs> during the same old. I see that people walking and riding their bikes, and it, it's it's good to see people out, outdoors. If there's a good part of it, that's probably it. Uh, and some are experiencing mental and emotional challenges. Uh, yeah, that's very real. Yeah. I'm a, you know not just cooking oh, that I, up. That's real. It, it no, it has been. I've seen that since. The very beginning, uh, when we got our incident command system structure going in March, and uh, reached out to partners, that there was just there's you know was a high level of anxiety, if not as much as there is now, but um, even I mean it was it's just if you have a lot of anxiety, you don't function in the in quite the same level cognitively, where things need to be a little bit more simplistic to really grasp grasp a hold of it. Um, but there's been a lot of anxiety, and ComCare, the crisis line is there for, for people to call. It has been a really challenging time, and then when you add financial stressors on top of it, it's just awful. Because many have lost their jobs. Some of those jobs may not come back. Talk a little bit about, yeah. about the pressure to get businesses back to 100%. There's a lot of pressure there. There, there is. There's a lot of pressure there. And, you know, I, I can't say that that wasn't part of the um, decision-making for the governor, as I'm, I'm sure it, it, it was. Uh, it's been devastating to our economy, to our community, to our, our families. And it's, it's important to look at everything as far as the, the weight of what could happen to our community if we do open things up too quickly and and we have more of a surge of COVID-19. But we also know that, that people do need to get back to work, and so that's why it's so important for employers to provide um, masks, whether they be masks that, that they're buying, like the homemade mask, because those most of those are very effective as long as they're, they're two-ply two cotton. And um, N95 for those workers that can't be that, that far apart, like in an assembly line, um, and just have hand sanitizer and just use social distancing as much as possible and stagger lunch breaks and make sure that the common rooms are distant. So it, it is important. It's important for everybody to be back to work, not just financially, but also mentally to have some semblance of normalcy. But I don't think we're going to see that for a while. Yeah, what are the chances? What are the chances then, you see? A new pandemic later this year. People don't, uh, if they're not careful. Now we talked about. Well, there's been talk about this really helpful tracing where you get a group of people and and if something breaks out, you go and get this group and and trace them. That might be effective, right? Well, you know, there's the, the contact tracing that's already going on whenever there is a positive case, and you know, right now in in the beginning when we didn't have enough enough supplies, we could only test positive. It only tests ill people. Well, now we are testing um, anyone that is a close contact, whether they're ill or not, because most aren't, um, of someone that uh, is positive. And so the more that we do that, the more people that, that are positive, even if they're asymptomatic, we can get out of the mainstream. So, there, you know, there is the, 
and I'm not quite sure about the second wave that people talk about coming in. And part of that may be that flu season is going to be here before we know it, which is August. And having flu and COVID-19 in the community at the same time uh, could be devastating. So will the flu shot give you any protection at all uh, on COVID? Not COVID, because it's a different virus from the flu strain. Yeah. But but the, it's going to be more it's going to be more important than ever, particularly for a more high at risk. But everybody, because even if you're not at risk uh, for complications, you might be around someone that, that is at risk for complications to get the flu shot. That's yeah. going to be more important than ever this year. Now, talk about those in the medical and other public service fields and their efforts in regard to what's been going on the past few weeks. Oh, I'll tell you what, that the, we, we just have heroes all over the place that are so dedicated, uh, working long hours. And I, I know that, that the hospitals um, have less people because they're afraid to go in until they're at a critical place, which is frightening. The hospitals have done an extremely good job of, of being ready and uh, it's important for anyone to go to the hospital that needs to go there. But people on the front line, I, I know health staff, our disease investigators, you know, we have some working 12, 14-hour days. And um, just because protecting the community is so important. So it has been a real partnership with with our safety net clinics like, you know, Health Corps. And um, we also have Grace Med and Hunter Health and our hospitals just all working together to uh, do the best we can with uh, keeping the public informed and keeping them safe. There was a level of anxiety at first. Well, our, our medical uh, facilities are going to be overwhelmed by this, and they're not going to be able to handle it, but it looks to me like yep. um, they've done a pretty, good, pretty good job. Pretty good job. They have. We, we are, our systems have not been overwhelmed with COVID-19. Uh, you know, now they're they're really struggling with people coming in so critical that they have to go to the ICU because they've waited so long because there's such fear. Um, but it is safe to go to the hospital. It is safe to go to the doctor. Uh, there are so many precautions that all businesses are taking. It, this is probably one of the safest times there has ever been to actually go into a hospital uh, or, or go into any business because of the amount of um, extra attention that's being put into sanitizing things. So people know what to do, I guess. Wash your hands, they, wear the yeah. mask, six-foot yeah. uh, separation, and uh, yes. that just keep doing the same things we're doing, and we ought to be get, maybe we can get through this thing. What do you think? We are going to get through it. There's no doubt we're going to get through it. And some positive things are going to come out of it, like more people telecommuting. You know, that you don't have to be in the office to do your job. So there, there will be some, some positives. Um, but, yes, we will see the end of this. We are going to get through this. Uh, here it is May, and we started this in the U.S. in January. Here in Kansas in March, because we had our first case in Sidney County in March, just two short months ago. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much for being with us. And, again, uh, uh, best of luck to you and all the fo- folks down there at the county that are trying to keep us safe. We appreciate it. and appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Steve. Thank uh, you. As always. Bye. Okay. Our guest is Sedgwick County Health Director Adrian Byrne. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2020. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.